you've done for me. How many of you know that? Enough, right, okay. Right, well, welcome to our service. Um, to, those, to those of you who are here, to those of you who are watching online or on catch-up later on, I think that's the, um, the okay phrase. Um, welcome to our service of church at 10. My name's John Farrow. I'll be leading the music and our service this morning. Peter Hubbard, um, our vicar, will be preaching in the latest of our um, Back to Front series on the Ten Commandments, starting at number 10, finishing at number 1, where we've got to honour your father and mother. And uh, Peter will be preaching on, the, uh, on that later on. The worship today is going to start slightly quietly and meditatively, but we will be um, getting it a bit, um, a bit more upbeat as the time goes on. If anybody wants to nip out and get a flag and wave it and process around the church, that would be great. But we're here in the presence of our risen Lord. We want to rejoice in him because he says, rejoice in the Lord always. So we want to rejoice and we express our joy in all sorts of ways. We express our worship in all sorts of ways. With our voices, with our minds, with our emotions, with our bodies. So you know, we can get up, move, wave a flag, march around the church if, um, if you don't feel too self-conscious about it. But let, let everything that is within me praise the Lord is what the scripture says. So let's, let, um, let's really rejoice in what God has done. But first of all, we're just going to be quiet for a moment or two. Scripture also says, be still. Know that I am God. I will be exalted in the heavens. I will be exalted in the earth. So let's just, as we sit in his presence, let's just remember that he loves us. He is glad we're here. And in the quietness, as we relax in his presence, let us say in our hearts, come Lord Jesus, come Holy Spirit, have your way today. As we come into his presence, we come into the presence of our Father, who loves us so much that he gave Jesus to be our sacrifice for sins, to give us new natures, new, new selves. as Jesus taught us, we say, Father, hallowed be your name. So let's sing together. Holy, holy, God almighty, 
who was and is to come. God of glory, you're so worthy. All the saints bow down. Holy, holy, God Almighty, who was and is to banish the gremlins let's just have a time when we can call out our praises to the Lord so let's say let's start by saying Lord we thank you that you are here we thank you that you are God, King of Kings and Lord of Lords and we praise your name now Lord anoint our praises Lord as we ask it in Jesus name Amen
as we dish out the hymn books, could you like to turn to two, number 278? So let, um, the idea of this, pray, uh, this, session, uh, this worship session for the morning was really lift up Jesus, really lift up the cross, and really give thanks for all that he's done for us. So but this, this hymn, which we we're going to sing after that, does much the same thing. So let's sing this together. I will sing the wondrous story.
Amen. Would you like to be seated? Um, this is the time where we, uh, our children will be going out with James and Phil. So if you would like to go and join them, and uh, we will pray for you as you go, and we'll see you back in time for communion. So Lord Jesus, thank you for our children. Thank you for those who look after them, who lead them today. We pray for your anointing and your, of your spirit upon all that goes on in their group. So please, will you bless them now? Amen. going to turn, turn to a time of intercession now. There are really only two subjects that we have today. Uh, today. Our thoughts are, of course, with the increasing tension in the Middle East. And there are so many different tensions, so many different issues here. It's often difficult to know how to pray. But we have the promise of God's Holy Spirit who when we don't know how to pray, prays for us, prays in, in groans too deep for words. So as we come into his presence and we bring this situation toward, to him, let, let's bear that in mind. <coughs> we we'll start by praying for all those in authority as we're commanded to by scripture. So we pray for the leadership of the State of Israel, for Mr. Netanyahu, in many ways compromised as a leader, <coughs> for Joe Biden, Rishi Sunak, and, other, um, and the Secretary General of the United Nations, as they try to defuse the tension. Let us pray for them. Lord, as we're commanded to, we pray for our leaders. And we're told to do that so that we might have peaceful lives. So we pray for wisdom, Lord, for all those in any position of leadership. That your will would prevail. We pray for all those motivated by hate and by violence and by the desire for revenge. Lord, you say, vengeance is mine, I will repay. Which means as your people, we are required to forgive and to bless our enemies and leave justice in your hands. So, Lord, we pray for all those who've been hurt on both sides, Lord, on all sides of this conflict. That you would bring your comfort. And by the power of the Spirit, Lord, you would move them that they are, can walk, begin to move towards forgiveness. Lord, we bear, to my, bear in mind all those who are trying to stir up more tension and more violence. 
We ask you, Lord, to thwart their efforts. Lord, we know that one day you will return to Jerusalem. And we know how much that city and that land means, means to you. So we ask your blessing on it. Because we ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now let's turn our attention closer to home. Let's pray for all those who've been driven out of their homes by the floods or whose businesses have been um, compromised because they can't open. Let us commit them into the hands of our loving God. Finally, let's pray for any unknown to us who are sick or in any sort of need. Let us bring them before our loving God. And ask that he would be with them in their need and meet their needs. we offer these prayers to you in the knowledge of your promise that if you abide in us and our, if we abide in you and your words abide in us then you will answer our prayers so Lord we ask that you would keep us faithful in prayer for these situations Lord that we would know your will in the name of Jesus, we ask. Amen. Now, Lord, as we come to the ministry of your word, we pray your blessing on Joan as she reads and on Peter as he preaches. And on us, Lord, as we hear, would you please give us open ears to hear what you're saying this morning. Amen. two readings this morning, Exodus 20 verse 12 and Colossians 3 verses 12 to 15. And they are on page 1184, the Colossians reading, if you want to follow it in your Bible. <clears throat> Honour your father and your mother so that it may live long, you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. I'll read that again. Honour your father and your mother, so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. And Colossians. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. Bear with each other, and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, 
which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. This is the word of the Lord. Well, good morning. Uh, sorry about the uh, little gremlins that are in the system, but I think we're sorted out now, so that's, that's good. So the, uh, the commandment we're looking at this morning is uh, this one in Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, which says, Honour your father and your mother so that you may live a long time in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Uh, I, didn't even, I don't know if you know that insanity is, insanity is hereditary. Uh, you can catch it from your children. Um, a teacher was introducing the concept of magnets to his class at the start of a new science topic, and he asked the class, what begins with M and picks up things? And uh, one uh, child, quick as a flash, answered, a mother. The definition of a father. Uh, a man who carries photos where he used to put his money. So this commandment, honour your father and your mother, it's a positive focus on the smallest unit in our society, which of course is the family. Uh, we all know that good and strong and well-balanced families make up any cohesive society. But the issue before us today is how, how do we honour our father and our mother? How do we honour our parents when our parents' expectations are so out of reach, uh, when we feel we just cannot reach them? How do we honour our father and our mother when our parents criticise how we look, uh, our choice of career, our choice of marriage partner, our ability to be good parents, even how often we call them on the phone? How do we honour our parents when their health is declining and they want more from us than we know how to give? So this commandment is a very practical one. It's very down to earth and very, very relevant for us here in this country, in our world, in the 21st century. And this, if you want another title for this talk or the sermon, it is How to Keep the Peace with Your Parents. I think we would all agree that family life is under threat. If you cast your mind back a few years to the beginning of this century, there's a TV advert for Oxo Gravy, and at the beginning of this century, Oxo Gravy were advertising their product with a, a family, a typical family gathered around the meal table. You had uh, the mum and the dad and the children, and they had their OXO gravy that they were enjoying on their roast chicken or roast turkey or whatever it was. And the advert ran for about 18 years until uh, the beginning of this century when OXO announced that the advert had run its course and the typical mum and dad and their two children was no longer typified a normal family or a, nor a, a, a usual family. And so there was a need, we were told, to move with the times and find more appropriate ways of reflecting family life. Families, in some ways, used to be so much more normal, so much more reliable. There was a father who went out to work, there was a mother who stayed at home, uh, there were the children who knew their place. Now, I'm generalizing, of course I'm generalizing massively. 
there's never been a golden age of the family. Uh, but um, 50 years ago, families were generally more stable than they are today. Um, the issues would have been there, of course, but they would have been covered up, possibly. Uh, but 50 years ago, pro probably families were more stable than they are today. Uh, nowadays, of course, you've got distractions everywhere. Wherever you look, there's a distraction. There's a way, uh, a way to which families are being broken up and, uh, and things are getting in the way, as it were. Um, phenomenon like, you know, every child pretty much now has a TV in their own bedroom. Um, there's uh, TV dinners. Um, you have children having their own smartphone, their own tablet, all these other things. There's distractions everywhere you go. There's, there's ways in which families are being um, broken up. And all of these distractions have the potential to stop families talking to each other and spending time with each other. Not to mention the pressures of work on both parents. And so both parents are out of work, time is stretched, time is very precious, there's so much to juggle, very difficult to get quality time together. Uh, research is showing that apparently most parents these days are spending on average only 15 minutes a week talking with their children. 15 minutes a week on average. That is not to mention the current divorce rate, which is around 40% in our society at the moment. Uh, around 40% of all marriages will end up in the divorce courts, which is an awful but real statistic. What about the not-so-new phenomenon of lone parent families? Uh, there have always been, and there always will be, heroic men and women who are bringing up their children single-handedly. But how does this commandment impact on uh, those uh, who, on children who have divorced or separated parents, or children who, been, or be, who are being brought up by one parent, or adoptive parents for that matter. And yet, let's not get so too uh, over-nostalgic about how good the old times were. Cast your mind back 50 years ago to the late 60s, early 70s, or thereabouts. Families would have been struggling uh, with all sorts of problems, many of the same issues we're struggling with today. And some issues that were prominent then are not, not so prominent now. Uh, many in those days, I imagine, would have struggled um, with issues that they were ashamed about uh, and very, very quietly struggling with those issues, not acknowledging those difficulties in society uh, around and about them. And yet this commandment in the Ten Commandments, to honour your father and your mother, is as vital today as it ever has been. So what can we ask, does it mean to honour your parents in a society where family breakup is so rife, where some families hardly have time to spend together, uh, let alone honour each other? What can this commandment, based on a culture so radically different to our own, have to say in a, in a world where the family unit is under so much stress and so many challenges? Well, the first thing to say is that although this commandment may seem so removed from our, uh, our culture today, uh, think about it, there, this is uh, given to those who are in the 15th century BC. Uh, it is given to tribes who are nomadic in the desert. Uh, they're wandering around the desert, and, uh, and yet they faced very similar challenges to us in the family today. The, the command was given to Moses, of course, and to all the tribes that made up the nation of Israel, those wandering tribes, were made up of family structures. It wasn't uh, a homogenous group of 
of neat families of a mum and a dad and 2.4 children. It wasn't. If you go, went back to those uh, times, all those thousands of years ago, you would have found a huge mass of intermingled tribes who are related to each other by blood and by marriage, yes. Of course they are. And what's more, they live in a time where there is hardly any peace and prosperity. Uh, the nation of Israel was always under threat. Uh, the threat of war was there. The, the threat of slavery there was there. Obviously, they've just come out of slavery in Egypt when these commandments have been given. Uh, the threat of hunger, the threat of epidemics is all around and about them. As many orphans, as many widows in, their, uh, in the tribes uh, of Israel. And that is why in the Old Testament you have the, the admonition which is given over and over and over again to look after the widow and the orphan. Exodus 22 says, Do not take advantage of a widow or orphan. If you do and they cry out to me, I will certainly hear their cry. My anger will be aroused and I will kill you with the sword. Exodus 22, 22. God is thundering to the tribes of Israel. He's saying, take me seriously in this. And so families were under threat then as they are now. So what does it mean to honour your parents? Well, essentially it means to respect them, to hold them in awe. It means to esteem them, to give them worth, even when we disagree with them. So this is challenging, isn't it? It means to get rid of the attitude that says, mm, I don't care what you think, I'm going to do this anyway. It means to take into account their point of view. It does not mean necessarily to obey them without thinking. It means to have the mindset what they say, what they think may have value and may be wise to consider. But ultimately, this commandment is more than about simply respecting the wishes and opinions of your parents. It is about that, but it is about so much more. It is to do with how God sees the family and our place in our family. And the family to God is the place where we learn so much about ourselves and so much about how we relate to God. God as our Father. So what does the Bible say about the family? Well, uh, like so much else uh, in the Bible, there are clear rules and there are principles. Uh, and the rules are very clear. The principles are not so clear. The principles are the ones that we have to then try and apply to our lives. So let's look at some of the things that are not quite so clear um, in the Bible. For example, in terms of families, Adam and Eve in Genesis. Uh, we know that they have two sons, Cain and Abel. Which are, and, and yet it turns out they're not so functional. Uh, Cain ends up killing his brother in a dispute over who has given the best crops to offer to God. And then we get to Abraham and his family, which is hardly a less auspicious start either. Um, Abraham's wife persuades him to sleep with their servant Hagar because they're childless, and she gives birth to Ishmael. A little later on, Sarah miraculously conceives a baby at the right old age of 90, and this son, Isaac, is the one who is given all the preferential treatment by his parents so that Ishmael, <clears throat> Ishmael has to flee with his mother. It's not very straightforward, is it, when you look at family life in the Bible? 
And yet the Old Testament is very clear on other family matters. There are the genealogies, for one thing. The Hebrew people love genealogies. They love them then, and I'm sure they love them now. Genealogies are very, very important to uh, Jewish people. And so the book of Numbers, if you turn to the book of Numbers uh, in your Bible, you will see in Numbers over and over lists and lists and lists of families and descendants and who is, is related to who and who is descended from who. And then you turn to Matthew. Uh, in the, uh, right at the start of the New Testament, and what does Matthew begin with? A genealogy. It begins with the family tree of Jesus. It traces the family line of Jesus. And so the Jews are into their families in a big way. They're very much into their families. Very, very interested. And the laws in the Old Testament are very clear, too, on treating your parents with dignity and respect. Leviticus 20, verse 9. <clears throat> Thunders, this one. Anyone who curses their mother and father is to be put to death. Woof. That's hard, isn't it? Anyone who curses their father or mother is to be put to death. But the clearest and most biblical, sorry, the most helpful biblical theme which helps us to understand why this commandment is so near God's heart is that God himself likens himself to a father. God uses that te terminology about himself, of his intimate care for us as his children. He is the perfect father. So Hosea says, when Israel was a child, I loved him, and out of Egypt I called my son. Or Psalm 68 that says, a father, it calls God a father to the fatherless, is God in his holy dwelling. And yet even more radical than that is when Jesus uh, is teaching and, uh, and describing himself, he describes himself, he, he compares God to a mother hen. So Matthew ch uh, chapter 23, verse 37, he says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wing. Now, God is God. God is not male or female. God is God. And yet the Bible uses metaphors to describe God's nature. And yet the Bible does liken God to a mother and father, and that should help us realize the earthly importance, the importance of our earthly mothers and fathers. And yet it's the passage in the New Testament that really kind of gets to the heart of this. So if you want to turn up a, a, a reading, um, if you've got a Bible there, which I know you have, Ephesians chapter 6. Let's, uh, if you've got a Bible, let's have a look at Ephesians chapter 6. Um, we looked at this passage relatively recently in church, didn't we? Um, so if somebody could shout out the page number, my, my Bible's is different. Um, 1177. Thanks. So 1177. So Ephesians chapter 6 gets right to the heart of it in terms of family life. Uh, Ephesians 6 verse 1 says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. So Paul, who we think uh, and believe wrote Ephesians, is saying here three reasons, three good reasons to honour your father and mother. Three good reasons to honour your 
father and your mother. Firstly, he says, children, obey your parents in the law, for this is right. So he says, it's the right thing to do. It is the right thing to do, simply. Secondly, he says, because if you do that, it is more likely that you will be successful or prosperous or even that you might fulfill your potential. On your father and mother, which is the first command with the promise, so that it may go well with you and you may live a long life on the earth. Now, I'm not, I am not advocating a prosperity gospel here. Far from it. However, the passage does suggest if, without the, you know, if you're not honoring your parents, you're missing out on a quality of life that you could have if you were to honor your parents. That's, I think, what it's saying. And thirdly, it says that there is longevity, that you may enjoy a long life on the earth. There's a promise of longevity. So Paul says it is right. It's simply the right thing to do. It says it will lead you to doing well, and there's a promise of longevity. It's not a bad set of reasons, is it, when you think about it? For one, that's just following one commandment. Okay, we've done a little bit of a biblical theology very, very quickly. Let's get down to the nitty-gritty. How do we honour our parents? Uh, J. John, who um, is the one who's kind of devised this, this whole series, um, he makes the point, this is the only commandment which may not last a lifetime. It's the only commandment that may not last a lifetime. If you think about it, that's true. One day, your parents will depart this life if they haven't already. So now is the time, if you have parents who are still alive, to begin taking this commandment seriously. And if you no longer have parents who are still alive, but you do have children or maybe grandchildren, maybe now is the time to reflect on how you can live out this commandment in a way that brings more honor to God and more honor to them. Okay, so let me begin by suggesting a few things. Uh, they will begin with the letter A, just to help you remember them. I'm going to suggest that the first way you can uh, live out this commandment is by accepting your parents. Proverbs 23, verse 22, says some very wise things. It says, listen to your father who gave you life and to your mother when she is old. It's very practical advice. Proverbs is very practical, isn't it? Not that we have to pretend our parents are faultless or perfect. Uh, some of you, when I said uh, uh, God, our Father, or compare God to our father, a Father, you may have found that very difficult. Because maybe your father's far from the role model of who God is, who is perfect. And so this is difficult stuff to grapple with, isn't it? In our fallenness, because we get it wrong. Sometimes it's so painful, so hard to try to accept our parents because they're not what we long them to be. J. John points out something really helpful, I think. Um, if you go into a courtroom and you are there in front of the judge, uh, you would address the judge as your honour. Now, you don't know the judge personally. You don't know them um, from Adam, as it were, probably. Uh, but you address them as your honour because of their status, because you respect them. You don't know them personally, but you respect their status. And so too we are called to respect our parents 
even when we disagree with them. Difficult, <laughs> difficult stuff, isn't it? So accept our parents. Secondly, may I suggest that we honour them by appreciating them. None of us would say that being a parent is easy if we have children. Um, it's only since I became a parent that I realised how hard, how time-consuming parenting is. Um, a ten-year-old boy presented um, his mother with a bill. And uh, on the bill, it says £30 for doing the hoovering. It said on the bill, £40 for washing up. And it said £20 for emptying the bins. Total bill, £90. Gave it to his mum. So his mother gave her son a bill in return. Uh, washing your clothes for the last 10 years, £10,000. <laughs> for nursing you day and night, £6,000. For meals that I prepared and given you over the years, £18,000. Total bill, I love you. The truth is no one can put a price on a parent's love and devotion to their child. But all too often we take our parents for granted and forget to show our appreciation for them. Proverbs 4 verse 1 says, Listen, my son, to a father's instruction. Pay attention and gain understanding. And so showing our appreciation can be done in all sorts of ways for our parents if they're still alive. We can... We can call on them, we can ring them, we can send them a Mother's Day card or a Father's Day card, we can go and visit them, we can listen to them when we are able to. In these ways and many others, we can show them, we can value them and, and listen to their wisdom. So, accept them, appreciate them. Thirdly, we can respect our parents, or shall I, and shall I say, earn the respect of our children, grandchildren, by affirming them. So affirming is different to appreciating. Affirming is to, is to build up, is to encourage someone. The best way to affirm someone is to praise them, to say, well done, you've done that really well. Um, if anyone who's been a teacher will know, the best way to encourage a, a class or to encourage a child is to, is to say, well done, you did that really, really well, you know, you know keep going. And in the same way, if this applies to you, we can affirm our parents by saying how grateful we are for all they've done to shape us and mould us into who we are today. Equally, if you're thinking about being a, 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 par a parent or grandparent, the way you can earn the respect of your children or grandchildren is to praise them, encourage them, affirm them. Okay, so accept them, appreciate them, affirm them, and fourthly, we can respect our parents by not abandoning them. Now this is a very difficult one to get right, especially as parents get older and frailer. How do we balance the need to look after our children with the demands of elderly relatives who need our time and attention? Well again, the New Testament gives a principle here. It's not going to give you, it's not going to give us a rule, it's a principle. So 1 Timothy chapter 5 verse 4 says, Take care of any widow who is really in need. But if a widow has children or grandchildren, they should learn to serve God by taking care of her, as she once took care of them. This is what God wants them to do. 
In other words, if we've got elderly relatives who, we, who need looking after, it is our duty under God to repair their, repay their care of us by looking after them. But of course, every family has to work that out individually and uniquely, depending on the circumstances, in a way that, yes, helps and cares for the parents, but it doesn't leave those who are doing the caring and, and looking after burnt out and exhausted. And it certainly is not a license for abuse or manipulation uh, by parents who constantly put demands on their grown-up children. Some elderly parents are delightful. It's a joy to care for them. Others are more challenging. Fifthly, uh, I want to suggest we can honour our parents uh, by acting now. As I said before, this is the last suggestion, as I said before, this is the only commandment that may not last a lifetime. It's the only, the only one with a promise, and it's the one that has a time limit. And so we can all put this commandment into practice today. If our parents are still alive, we can act on this today. So now is the time to write that letter that says how much that you love, and, um, love them and appreciate them. Now is the time to show respect to our elders. Otherwise, this saying, as a saying by an American actor called George Burns, otherwise this saying may, may be all too true. He said, I was always taught to respect my elders, and now I've reached the age when I don't have anybody to respect. Also, act now in the way you parent your own children. You can't choose, you can't change your parents, but you can choose and you can change the way you parent your children, however old they are. So, drawing towards a, a, a close. Respect your parents, respect your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land your God is giving you this day. Accept them. Appreciate them. Affirm them. Don't abandon them. And act now. And if this commandment is particularly challenging to you, for you. Remember God sees. Remember God knows. He knows your pain. He knows the struggles you're going through. And he is the perfect father who will never let you down. So I want to finish by simply listening to the, the passage, the other passage that Joan read from Colossians chapter 3, which I haven't referred to, but it speaks about lovely things of compassion, kindness, humility, and so on. And I want us to hear it read, and there's a little bit of music behind it. It's just a quiet piece of music. And I want to invite you just to dwell in this word, in this reading, as I draw to a close. Thanks, Ian. As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other, just as God has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts.
So, Father, I pray that you would indeed dwell in our hearts, that the peace of Christ may dwell in our hearts as we honour and respect our parents. Give us, give us grace, we pray, in Jesus' name. As we move towards communion, we're going to spend a little bit more time just being quiet before the Lord. <coughs> Looking at us, I guess, most of us here are in the point where, at the stage of life where we have said farewell to our parents. But it occurred to me as Peter was speaking, how much do we honor their memory? How much do we still criticize defects, what we thought were defects in the way they brought us up? How do we deal with the, <coughs> with the hurts that arise from any family life. I don't know if any here have had to see it deal with violence within the family, with substance abuse, or lack of mental health. we have, let's bring those before the Lord now. For he is the God who loves us. Who bore all our griefs and sorrows on the cross. And bore our sins on the cross as well. In another moment of quiet, let us Ask the Lord to search us further and see if there's anything else that he wants us to put right. If there's anyone we need to forgive. If there's anyone we need to seek forgiveness from. If there's anything else that we have done wrong that the Lord wants to convict us. So I say, come Holy Spirit, move among us. remember the words of St. Paul, that God made Christ who, had no, who knew no sin to be sin for us, 
so that we might become the righteousness of God. As we bring these sins before him, let us see him on the cross, bearing them, putting them to death, and giving us new life. Let us receive his forgiveness. Let us receive that new life. Amen. Can we stand? We're going to sing a song now which focuses on that and focuses on Jesus bearing our sins and get, so that we can walk in the righteousness of God. So let's rejoice in that. And uh, if we can ask the children to come back in during this hymn, please. Such love, such love. 
Please feel free to sit I just feel so strongly that as all of us look around, we know that in here, most of us have no longer got our parents with us, most of us. But I feel like God is saying there is somebody here that can be set free. It's not. <laughs> Sorry, it's not too late because things hold us back in our growth as, and being with the Lord and we have things that have really hurt us and things that have happened to us but I feel this morning God is saying it's not too late you can let it go and you can walk in a new sense of freedom however old or young you are and I feel that if God wants to speak if it's just for one person he wants to help you today to let go and be set free So if that is speaking to anyone in particular, and if you think it would help you work through this, come and have a word with Peter or myself, and we'll put you in touch with somebody who can pray with you. Um, Joan's absolutely right. Don't let this go. It is never too late. Now, can, we ask, can I ask we stand again? In a moment, Peter is going to lead us in communion, but first let us share God's peace with us. We are his forgiven people. Christ bore all our sins upon the cross, and we are commanded to let, to allow the peace of Christ to rule in our hearts, since as members of one body, we were called to peace. So bearing that in mind, let us share the peace of God with each other. May the peace of the Lord be always with you.
takes up a few minutes showing the piece, bearing in mind some people might like to keep it a, a reasonable distance. We're going to use uh, a liturgy which is family friendly, child friendly, uh, that we've used here before. And uh, the words will be on the screen, <coughs> excuse me, behind me. And when we get to holy, 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 um, the idea is to, uh, we'll say that in a way, so I will say the first holy, you say the second holy, and then we all say the third holy. That is the way it goes. Okay, so I'll say the first, you say the second, we all join in with the third holy. The Lord is here. His Spirit is with us. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Holy. Holy. It is always right to give you thanks, God our Creator, loving and faithful, holy and strong. You made us and the whole universe and filled your world with life. Holy, holy, holy. You sent your Son, Jesus, to live amongst us. Jesus, our Saviour, Mary's child. He suffered on the cross. He died to save us from our sins. He rose in glory from the dead. Holy, holy, holy. You send your Spirit to bring new life to the world and clothe us with power from on high. And so we join with the angels to celebrate and say together, Holy, 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 holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. Father, on the night 
before he died, Jesus shared a meal with his friends. He took the bread. He gave it to them and said, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this to remember me. After the meal, Jesus took the cup of wine. He thanked you. And gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood, the new promise of God's unfailing love. Do this to remember me. Great is the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Father, as we bring this bread and wine, and remember his death and resurrection, send your Holy Spirit that we who share these gifts may be fed by Christ's body and his blood. Amen. 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 Pour your Spirit out upon us that we may love one another, work for the healing of the earth, and share the good news of Jesus as we wait for his coming in glory. Amen. Amen. For honour and praise belong to you, Father, with Jesus your Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, for ever and ever. Amen. 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 And so we pray the prayer Jesus himself has taught us to pray, the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that Christ died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith, with thanksgiving. And so we'll continue our normal practice of sharing the bread taking the bread from the middle table and the wine from either side and the non-alcoholic wine will be on that side of the church.
And I'll never know how much it cost to see my sin upon that cross. And I'll never know how much it cost to see my sin upon So here I am to worship, here I am to bow down, here I am to say that you're my God. You're altogether lovely, altogether worthy, altogether
body of Christ keep you in eternal life. And the blood of Christ keep you in eternal life. Of those who can't be with us here in church this morning to the Lord. Father, we lift those who are unable to be here or whatever reason to you. We ask, Lord, that you would comfort them, that you would fill them with your Holy Spirit, that you would bring them your peace and your love. In the name of Jesus. Amen. And we'll pray this prayer together following communion. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and Coming towards the end of our service, there will be coffee and tea available afterwards. Do stay for fellowship. But before we finish, um, would the children's group like to come and tell us what they've been up to this morning? Right, so what have we been doing? We've been uh, looking at uh, what honour your parents means. So we did a little treasure hunt, um, didn't we, to uh, pick out the Ten Commandments and there was one missing, which was honour your parents. So then we looked at what honour meant and what we thought and we decided it was respect. Um, what else did we find? Trusting them in their decisions, even if we don't always think or agree with them. <laughs> so we then decided, we thought about our own sort of families and what we did, we made a little rosette for each of our, uh, so Felicity's done one for her mum and Sophie's done one for her mum and dad, uh, just as a sign of respect to show that honour that they love them and the reasons why. So would you like to say why? Do you feel yeah. brave enough? Okay. No? That's okay? Um. So I did one for my dad, and it says, I love my dad because he always makes me smile. <laughs> Don't cry. <laughs> <laughs> and then I did my mum, I love my mum because she gives me the best hugs. So that's always good. Yeah. Can I say yours, Fliss? Or? Yeah. Felicity has said that she loves her mum because she's so nice. You can't get better than that, can you? And we then just we just then decided that um, throughout the week we're going to try and do one nice thing to show a bit of honour as we go along, aren't we, guys? Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. 
I forgot to say, um, if you'd like prayer after the service, Joan is offering, and, and I'm very happy to pray with people as well. So just following up with Joan, so thanks. Fine. Well, thank you for that, uh, for that, that children. And yes, please, if anybody does need prayer afterwards, then um, please have a word with Joan or, um, or Peter. Just before, we finish, just before we finish the service and sing our final hymn, the, uh, the inevitable notices. Um, ne next Sunday is the fifth Sunday of the month. That means it is Holy Communion at 9 o'clock and church at 10 at 10. Right then. There is also our annual memorial service at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. This is where we invite people who want to come and give thanks. It's for... Uh, for for uh, recently departed loved ones. Um, that, would, that would be a short service at four o'clock and followed by um, refreshments. I think Cheryl wants to add something to that. Yes, I, I'll remind you next week, but also we could do with some practical help after the service next week, just to put some tables out and chairs out ready for um, the refreshments that will be served after that, uh, the, the memorial service. So. Anybody who's feeling strong, we would appreciate you staying around just after the service. Um, thank you very much. Thank you, yes, we'll remind you about that next week. A um, couple of other notices. Um, the warm space that we ran last year is going to be run again, run again this year. It's going to be run on Wednesday mornings. We're having a trial period of three weeks um, starting on November 15th. You'll see it up there on the notice. Um, Okay, there will be all sorts of things available. Do, um, do please publicize it. There are leaflets at the back of church if you want to pick one up and share it with a friend, whatever. This, if it's a successful, uh, we will, the plan is, I believe, to continue it throughout the winter. Um, so we'll carry on into December. And um, if that's the case, Mark Underwood, who's um, heading this up, says he, if we do end up having to run it into December, and possibly January as well, we may well need some more, more volunteers, so please be praying into this, into this. Finally, I'm sorry to have to tell you, but Christmas is coming again. <laughs> I said that once in church and got into terrible trouble with Michael Tupper, but never mind. Um, that means we restart uh, the carol service, which is on the 17th of December. That is uh, eight days before Christmas Day itself will be coming up, and we're reconvening the community choir and we will start rehearsals at three o'clock in the afternoon on November the 12th. Okay, the, this is open to anybody who can sing well enough that you know your Silent Night isn't your Harky Herald. Um, so please do, uh, this, um, we'd love to see some new members. I've emailed all the, um, the previous members already, so they should be um, up and ready. Please, if you'd like to come along, then do. There's no, um, we would love to see you, and we'd love to have a really big um, group praising um, God in song. Um, for that service. Thank you. Right, shall we stand and sing our final hymn of praise together? Crown him with many crowns.
So to remain in prayer. To him who is able to keep us from stumbling and to present us before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. To the only God, our Saviour, be glory, majesty, power and authority through Jesus Christ, our Lord, before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen. And that God goes with me as we goes with us as we go from this place. So go in the love and the service of the Lord. Amen.